We're Organic Cup, a Danish sustainability-focused menstrual cup brand. Uh, we were founded in 2012, and since then, it has always been about more than just menstrual cups for us. In short, we believe that no one should be held back by their bodies. We believe that period products should not contain harmful chemicals or absorb natural body fluids, which eventually results in infections. We don't think that periods should be the cause of major pollution, and they should never be a source of shame. So these beliefs have always been, and I think will always be, our guiding principles. They're pretty much what we turn to in every decision we make as a company. And in line with this uh, impact we try to drive as a company, we've decided to donate a thousand cups to With Hoof and Women's Economic Empowerment with the aim of making a positive impact in Zambian communities and raising awareness to menstrual health, rights and management, as well as, of course, provide those in need with a sustainable and safe method of managing their periods, the menstrual cup, the organic cup. The female spirit tends to give. But now it's also time to receive. Receive the courage to acknowledge the power within. Welcome to Empower with Sisters, the podcast on how voices can mobilize change. My cup is already gone, <laughs> but it's not the word, right? No. Foam. 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 Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we drink cappuccino in different ways. Yeah, I always start eating the foam, and then I drink. Now save the foam for every sip. I think that's smarter. <laughs> mm. It's so beautiful here. Yeah, we're at Sugar Bush Cafe. And we both were like... Because it's surrounded by trees, green bushes. It's only us here. Yeah, it's in the middle of the bush. Middle of the bush. But they, I think there are farmers here. Ah. And they have a small store... A cafe, but yeah. it, it's just different colors and furnitures just put out in the garden. Yeah. And we're sitting here feeling, literally feeling <laughs> the earth. The earth. <laughs> feeling the earth around us, the nature, the wind, the wind of change. Yes. Mm. This is feels like the perfect way to end the production. Yeah. Because it's like going back to the roots, feeling the country, mm. but with the satisfaction of change. Exactly. What has been your your experience of Zambia? You never been here before? It's um I don't know when I just think about it as a, as a whole, mm. like when you say Zambia, for me, it's a little bit like this, I realize. Yeah. I feel calm, mm. I feel colors, kindness, and also a little bit of a fight. Mm. What fight? You see all the beauty and all the beautiful people and the surroundings, mm. and you love it. Mm. And then you know that mm. every almost every person we've met, mm. regardless if they are out in the bush or a TV personality, they all been through things that I never been exposed to before. Mm. It's 
stories that I would be telling all the time if it were a friend at home. Yeah. But here, every person you meet, they have a layer. But they're open about it, and most of them have turned it into something beautiful. Mm. But the, the contrast of what everyone's been through or are going through when we meet them yeah. are constantly there. Mm. So it's like a contrast that is both beautiful and hard to take in. That's the contrast that's so beautiful, I think. That and also why it's a country of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Because it's so much to need to be done. Yeah. And people are doing stuff about it. I mean, we've met so many people, so many women that engage in different kinds of organizations or have their own radio show or yeah are ambassadors for different kinds of issues yeah issues so they have a lot of issues here but as you said every story like every woman that we met have a story that they shared with us and they turned that story that background that they had into something beautiful yeah instead Lulu Hungala mm. she said it beautiful yesterday at the the PR event mm. that we when you go through stuff and you turn it some, into something good and you find something that it's nice you can't it's because she's doing a lot for mm. other people. Mm. And she put it in a very compassionate way. Because she didn't say like, yeah, I'm helping so many people. She said it's natural when you receive good things. Mm. And you understand why you got those good things. It's just a natural law that you want to give that to others. Yeah. And also I heard someone recently say that when you have a goal or a dream... That only involves you. It's too small. Ah. That's so true. Because sometimes I think in the when we are small people are like. What you dream to become like. What you want to do. Mm. It's so s- small. Like I want to become that. Like yeah. a title. Mm. Or it's my goal to earn X money. Mm. Or it just involves you. And that is so small. That is so small. And I I believe that Priscilla Chomba, she didn't say this in the interview, but she said to me afterwards that we were talking about success. What what success what is success? And she said success for me is when a person comes to you and say you have made a change in my life. You helped me make a change in my life. You have contributed to my life yeah. in some way. And that was success for her. And I think that's a good way of describing success. Because if you only focus on money, for example, that goal will never fulfill you. You will never feel fulfilled even if you reach like a million dollars on your bank account that doesn't matter no because the interesting thing is that money is only a tool yeah what do you need a tool for you need to know what you will use it for and when you realize that Mm. you often realize that what you want to build you can build it without that yeah just take longer time. Takes a bit longer, and then you might need help. But in the end, it's something much more deeper that have happened, both in you and in the society. Yeah. And then all of these women, 
They had nothing when they started. For example, Alina, when she started her organization, she had nothing. And now she's like a, a guru to those girls coming to her. They see her as, a, as their role model, as their best friend, as their, as their mother. Yeah. And that's, that for me is equal to success. Yeah. When you love what you do mm. and how you do it. Yeah. How you do it. That's very important. How you do it. And we love doing this yes and how we did it i mean we never knew we we were literally just taking every decision based on what we were excited about to change mm. and then people just come along because they love the goal the dream the purpose mm. and now it feels like a movement you said that mm -hmm. like Yes, at first I thought it were going to be a podcast. Yeah. But now I realize it's something much bigger. What do you mean when you say that? First, I thought that my only role was to like interview women and that the podcast will be it will be two weeks recording uh, and that will be it for me my part but now I feel like this has created something so much bigger than I ever thought it could be like a platform for women to to tell their story and many of the women told their story for their first time and they wanted to share that their story with us because if they did that, they felt like they were able to tell the story to their boyfriends, to their mothers, to their husbands. So it was like every episode was like a therapy session. It was so much relief and so much just coming out of that person across across to me and I felt very blessed to be able to hear their story I mean I was the first one to hear their story yeah that's so cool that's amazing and that for me is I didn't count on that I didn't I didn't realize that it can happen yeah I think often when people are in podcasts or interviews or whatever they they get asked different questions but I think they're repeating themselves a lot because mm. they are often around but now this was subjects that is not allowed to talk about here yeah not the national television or radio so they were like, are you not going to take cut away what I'm saying? Mm. Can I talk about this? Yeah. Can I say penis? Can I say vagina? Can I say fuck? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All so of those words. We always thought that this, we, this was for the women that needed to hear it. Mm. But this was also for the women that are no. already talking. Yeah. And w for women that needed to speak as well. They had something to say and I mean, they wanted to share it. One of the women were like, is abortion illegal? Mm. You didn't, she didn't know. And when um, you said that you work at Marie Stoops and that you could... Ah, oh yeah. She wanted to have a tubal ligation. Which um, makes her... Not able to have any more children. Uh, that's a permanent method for a woman yeah and when you said that it's possible that you even could do it mm. she started to cry yeah after the interview and first we thought she was laughing or something mm. and then she looked up and she was relief and she was crying and mm. 
we were probably looking like we were questioning her reaction. Mm. So she was like, you don't understand how it is here. Everyone is expecting me to have more children. Yeah. I don't want to. I have stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized, yeah, it's so common. There's so many issues concerning women's rights that are the same in all countries. But it's definitely different layers, different filters. And here I've come to realize that it's it's literally written not written laws but tradition and culture that are keeping women in a circle of where they need to produce kids yeah take care of their men mm. it's as common as brushing your teeth that you should have more respect for your husband than he has to you mm. you even get um, a course for some weeks where you get to learn how you should talk to your husband, how you should make his up his clothes, mm. and um, how to be a good wife, literally. Yeah, and you hear women talk about their kids, like, oh yeah, I have three w- uh, girls, and then I have a boy. First, we met a woman, and she said that, yeah, this is future. Oh. It's her boy's name. And first I thought it was so cute, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm also going to name, name my son a future. Mm. But because I thought it was so opportuni- opportunistic and nice. Yeah. But then I realized it's because the, their future depended on him. Mm. And he was four. four years old. And he had bigger sisters. Like 15 years old. Yeah, that wanted to become doctors and bank officers but even though they became something more how how do I put it like powerful than he will they would have to respect him like he's the head of the family yeah only because they're girls that's the only reason and what I've come to realize here because sometimes I could be like Yeah, it's the men that put women in this situation. Mm. It's the patriarchy and that it's the men. But what I've really realized here, that it's not. Mm. It's the society. It's like some commercial forces together with traditions. And I don't know, because of course, as much as we teach girls how to behave, we teach boy, or they teach boy how, how to behave. But it's just another school. Yeah. I mean, of course, he will treat women like they are under him. Because yeah. women are teached that men are over them. So, of course, it's not their fault. Yeah. And also, in villages, the people that are teaching women how to behave, to open their legs, even though their husband comes home late from another girl, it's the women. Yeah, it's the old auntie. aunties. The aunties, Yeah. They're like role role models in the villages because the girls in the villages doesn't have anyone else to look up to. So they look up to this auntie. And if this auntie tells you, you should do that, you should do this for your husband, that's what they think that they should do. Because they don't have any other influence. And that's a woman telling another woman I mean, Something. we when we were in the bush in Mufue, mm. we even saw boys saying that women think slower than men. Yeah, They're not smart. Mm. I would never take advice from a woman. Mm. And that was not old men that were saying that out of despite. They no. were just talking about women like another race. Yeah, another species. And they are just uneducated. So yeah. how should they think another thing? Yeah, and we say that we need to educate women. And girls, but we also need to educate men and boys. Yeah. I think that people have come to realize that. Um, at least here, in the, I mean, in Mafiwe, for example, that's what Philandebanda does. Like teaching boys. Or just not even teaching them. She's just having boys clubs, which is a safe space for boys to express their thoughts and feelings. And... They have an open conversation with girls as well. 
it's both boys and women, boys and girls in the same room. And they talk to each other open and freely. And they can say whatever they want. And in the end, they understand each other. Like, this is why. This is what I am coming from. And this is what you are coming from. This is my opinion. And this is your opinion. And I can understand why you think in a certain way. Yeah. So in the end, the boys said, oh, women are capable to do the same thing that we are. And I would even be able to take an advice from a girl because I realized that her opinion is important and that her opinion is worth something. And that was just from discussing in a safe place. So I think that's the way we have to work with this issue. Yeah. I'm sipping on my cappuccino. If I make weird sounds. Oh. It's not like women need to be taught how to become boys. No. Or the other way around. It's just important to realize that we need to respect each other and blue is not better than pink. Mm. No. Or to like football is not better than liking dolls. Because yeah. I think it's also a movement where we try to make everything equal yeah. in a way where interests and career paths or toys mm. need to be exactly the same. It's still okay to sit like a woman. Woman, We don't need to, how do you say, like sit like a boy, a man. Yeah. Or it's still okay to play with dolls. But it's just the fact that it's not better to be the other way. Yeah, like at the moment we put so much value into those stuff. Like it's better with blue than pink, for example. But we should get away from that. Just realize to stop labeling things. Like this is blue is for boys, pink is for yellow. Blue is just blue and pink is just pink. It has nothing to do with men or women so we should stop labeling things stop putting value into things and just realize that we're humans there's nothing that says that a color is girlish why we just came up with that on our own yeah definitely and we need to break the labels When I was talk, talking to or listening to the interviews, like I was all the time seeing different memories mm-hmm. from my childhood mm. and just realizing things about myself, about my surroundings at home, because they put a contrast or filter to what I've been through so I could realize stuff more. Did you feel that as well? Mm. I didn't think that I would be able to relate as much as I did um, so when they were telling their stories you were I, I felt able to relate and I felt like this is what's happening in Sweden as well this is what has been happening in my childhood as well even though it was like not that severe we have a safety net in another in another way but if you zoom out, it's the same kind of issues. So during the interviews, I felt we are, we are feeling the same way. All women around the globe are probably feeling the same way. And that we have the same issues, but on different levels. Yeah. Um, and that we want the same thing. We all do want the same thing. 
Yeah, I think it was Nongosa Shungu who was talking about her childhood, and I realized, oh, that's what I've been feeling, but I couldn't, I have never even, I have never realized that's why. Mm-hmm. Because I have been growing up with two sisters, so we were three girls. And my mom and dad never treated us as maybe people would do if they have a boy or a girl. Yeah. Mm. We were just ourselves. And my dad were always do- out doing a lot of activities, so we just joined him and became very fearless and adventurous and we would just um, do what we loved to do. So I, I find myself pretty fast, like what I've loved and how, how I was and to be curious. Mm. And then I suddenly started school and then I could love doing the fun, adventurous stuff. And then suddenly the teacher would be like, the boys go and do that mm. and the girls go and sit here and do that yeah. like paint or mm. and the boys go out and play football. play in the woods <laughs> something like that yeah. and I would be like I, I couldn't cope mm. like why why can't I go there and then it was like maybe a football game and they'd be like okay you, we need to have one girl in the team mm. like that was a bad thing Yeah, and <laughs> it was always like that and when we were out cliff jumping, mm. it could be like, yeah, the boys go and cliff jump. And girls were just sitting watching. Yeah. And that's fine. Like but cheerleaders. I love cliff jumping. Yeah. So if I were to join, mm. I remember I was never scared because I always jump high with my family. Mm. But I remember waiting for the last jump because I thought it was weird that I would go first and not be scared because I saw some of the boys were scared. Ah. So I was like waiting because it's in ah. the culture. Yeah. Maybe I also can pretend that I'm scared now. So I think... So you pretended to be scared? I pretended to go last at least so I don't show them that I'm not scared. Because you didn't want to offend the boys? I think so because... It was um, teached in the society that it's nice that women are more needy mm. and boys are the take caretakers. Ah, oh, yeah. That we have to be, as women, we have to be like vulnerable and show our feelings more. Yeah, so I think I, I pretended a little bit like that because I was just watching what other women did. Yeah. And I think I didn't realize that, uh, that I did that. But mm. when she was talking about different stuff that is more, uh, even more contrasts mm. and more clear, mm. I realized that what that was I've been doing. Yeah. Pretending to be something that I'm not. You just want to be liked by boys. So you mm. like pretend that you are, I don't know. It's uh, You felt felt misplaced, perhaps, like... People always told you that you were a boy girl, girl boy, boy girl. How do you say Actually, it? they told my older sister that. So ah. I did everything in my power to never, so so no one would say that I was a boy girl. Ah. So I started make do makeup earlier than her, and I needed to color my hair in another color because I didn't want someone to think I was a boy. So ah. me never. It would no one said that to me. Mm. Um, but I always f- f- felt that it was annoying mm. when um, the boys went away for adventure and I needed to sit there and cook. <laughs> and I was so angry for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's happening in Sweden as well. This is just an example yeah. of the same issue that they are fighting here. But we are we are told that Sweden is an equal society and we think... We, they make us think that. I mean, if we compare, it's much better. But it's just a little more cuddling. So you could relate to that. And I could relate to, I mean, all of those teenage girls that meet an older, an older boy that tells them, 
we should do this and we should do that, like we should have sex, we should, uh, you should um, get contraception and yeah, you don't think, like me when I was a teenager, I was also like that, a, a teenage girl that's, that just did what the boy told me to do. I didn't reflect on what I wanted to do. He was like, oh, we should have sex. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's have that. Mm. And then I was privileged to know what contraception is and how to protect myself. But if you never heard of it, I mean, you have no chance. You just, it's going to happen. Yeah, that's so interesting they are like oh what is that we heard yesterday someone was putting like a coke together with a aspirin mm. together and swallow it because they thought that we're gonna kill the baby or something yeah uh, or they put it up in their vagina because they thought it was a contraceptive method so they mixed it together and put it up in the vagina and they think that that will protect them from become pregnant if I would have lived here in Africa I would have like so many children right now <laughs> at this age I was kind of reckless when I was a teenager mm. and I mean it has to be the same some girls are reckless here as well I mean there's no difference between us and how would your life turn out then if I was living here, yeah, as I said, I would have like five children, perhaps, maybe outside of marriage. I mean, like teenage pregnancy. That would have put me outside of society directly. Like, are you not married and you're having a baby? No one would want to marry you now. Uh, you're screwed and I would been forced to take care of the baby and not go to school and then, then I will just be stuck yeah and if you never go to school you wouldn't even know maybe that you had another chance yeah because you didn't know that you wanted to become a doctor until you were like 18 right yeah exactly and then you went through so much and read so much about the world. Hmm. The, you, you wouldn't even start having your dreams because you would only know what was put in front of you. Yeah, and feel very hopeless. And feel like it's not necessary for me to dream because my dreams will never come true anyway. It's too hard. Too hard to achieve them. And no one told you to dream. No. Because here it's you are a property of men. Yeah, or the society. Like the society here is built on women. Women take care of the children. Women take care of the home. Women do everything that the man doesn't do. <laughs> and the man works. But the funny thing is that cleaning, preparing for children and men, cooking, all of that, mm. that is work. Yeah, So it is work. It's like 20 hours a day unpaid work. Mm. And that could have been contributed to society instead. Yeah. And taxes and the whole economy would benefit more if the 50% of the population would contribute. Yeah, and they want to contribute we have to take advantage of that because every woman that we have asked what what are your dreams what would you like to do they answer i want to start my own business i want to start uh, a fashion store i want to become um, a journalist i want to mostly they want to have their own businesses so it's not like women are satisfied with their situation they want to do stuff they just don't have the tools or the mindset 
to do it because they have been told you're a woman you are only here to reproduce children take care of the husband take care of the children that's your purpose in life they have never questioned that purpose the most common mistake that people from other countries do when they come here is like saying people in the villages they are happy because they don't know how the world looks like they don't know what is going on out there they don't know how life could be but that's not true if you ask them they say I want to be able to provide for my kids to go to school. I want my I want my kids to have an education and I want for myself a job, a business or to be able to do something with my life. I want to educate myself. Yeah, something like that. And I mean if you if you think about it, that's the exactly same dreams that we have. Yeah. I mean, if we ask our parents, for example, what what dreams do you have? They would answer, oh, I want my children to be happy. I want my children to be healthy. I want them to educate themselves, to be able to provide for themselves. And me, I would like to be happy doing something, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it's... It's exactly the same. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you live in a village in Zambia or if you live in Stockholm in Sweden. No. But the difference also is that they want to do stuff, but it's they want to do what they have seen. Mm. Because when you get education or information, mm. every time you get new knowledge, your perspective is broadened. Yeah. You said something in the car the other day that women that are not empowered, mm. that they don't look you in the eye mm. and they almost whisper mm. when they talk. Mm. And women that are empowered are speaking loud and clear yeah. about what they want. Yeah. So I think that's also an interesting aspect. Like, have someone ever told a girl, what do you want? What do you want? Mm. What's your dream? Mm. Because when we ask, they're laughing and looking down because I, th- I don't think no one asked them that. Yeah, and also they're ashamed of the dreaming because as a girl or a woman, you shouldn't do those things. You shouldn't, because here it's important that the the man in the family is on top of the family. Uh, he has to be like the over overhead of the family. So, if you, as a woman, want to become something that is more powerful than your husband, that's not okay. So you have to pretend that you you don't want to do things. So that you don't offend your husband. Yeah. And it's so interesting because here it's um, it's outspoken that it's like that. Like mm. when you go and, and ask for medical thing, you put down your husband's title, not your own. Yeah. You, you can't write, I'm a female and this is my type, title. Mm. Like, I'm a female, this is my husband's mm. work. Mm. So it's here it's more like out there. Yeah, but I've heard this in Sweden as well. Uh. Like my very much empowered girlfriend got a new job, a really cool high level job, mm. and she didn't want to tell her boyfriend. Ah, uh, yeah. Because he, she knew that he would feel uncomfortable because she would earn more. Mm. We need to stop seeing men and women as competitors. Yeah, it's not about that. And no. if you're a team. You, if one person is is doing great, mm. it, you will be doing great. Mm. I think it was Lulu again or someone that said, if you find a man that is that wants to control your flame, run. Oh yeah, yeah. You just that was run. 
Kirky said that. that don't, yeah, run. <laughs> as fast as you can. As fast as you can. I realized also that here, of course, there's so many that never got that question, but I think that's also something in Sweden. I don't think it's common for people to dream big or set a goal for themselves. Mm. I think people are more into what is happening now, what do they know now, and how can they take action from that? Mm. Yeah, and also when you tell people about your own dreams, and they are might big and hard to get, people just laugh at you. Yeah. Yeah, and like, ha ha ha, that will never happen. Oh, you try that, you try that. Like, looking down on you and poor little girl, she will be so sad because that will never happen to her. Yeah. But that just makes, that happens to me a lot, uh, but that just make me want to do it even more. So you have to like turn, turn everything, like all the negative stuff that you hear, you have to turn it into something positive. Yes, and I'm pretty sure mm. that all goals are exactly as easy. I mean, I don't think there's different la- levels of how hard it is to do something. Mm. It's just about the mindset. Yeah. If you are determined to stay in your village and take that job, mm. that will be the harder thing to get that job. Yeah. If you decide to build a global company that will transform millions of lives, I think it, the hardship is as hard, actually. Yeah. Because when you decide in your mind, and you decide it, you see it, you feel it, it's true. As the sky is blue, that goal is true. Mm. The universe will seek that for you. Mm. And it, it's even hard to, to try another direction because the, the universe just show you the way and you can just lean into it. Mm. But what I think is that when people are laughing is because their mindset or their vision for themselves mm. are at another place. I mean, yeah, just decide first what you want and then it will happen. <gasps> Yeah, and if you know what you want, every choice that you do, or every choice that you are taking, is leading you to that point where you want to go. And that's the important thing of having a goal, I think, because then you know in what direction you should go, or not should go, what you, where you want to go. And that, when you have decided, this is what I want so much easier to go there and as you said if you're like open on the way to that goal things will like happen on their own because there's so many people will look at you and see oh she's going that way I want to help I want to follow let's do this together yeah and we can help each other because I also want to go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that life just gives you so much opportunities that you have to embrace. Yes. And yeah. it becomes easy then. Yeah, then it becomes easy. Life's supposed to be easy. Yeah. Then you know it's right. It's the right way. If it's easy, it's right. But maybe you have to work like long hours, but it doesn't matter. I mean, of course, it would be challenges and uh, take risk and all of that. Mm. But when you are on the right path, 
you're on the right path if you're excited. Yeah. And because sometimes it's maybe hard to like, oh, so what is my passion? What is my dream? I don't have a dream. I think it's just to search for what excites you and go for that. Yeah. And when you do excitement, of course, that could mean that it's hard. If I want to, just a very simple example, have a fun trip. Mm. You still have to travel there and that could be not fun mm. or work to earn money to go there. Mm. So it's still hardship for it. But when you see what you want to do, the obstacles on the way will not stop you. It will only make you turn a little bit. Yeah, and embrace those obstacles as well because you will learn from those obstacles. Take each obstacle, look at it and just, hmm, what can I learn from this? Okay, I will take this with me. Yeah. So there's, literally there is no thing as failure, I think. No, I don't believe in failure. Yeah, we don't believe in failure. Because... What is failure? Oh, it's nothing. (laughs) A failure is something that that says oh you need to learn yeah it's an opportunity to learn or it's actually helpful because it's showing you that you went the wrong way i mean i'm so thankful for mm. for failures because otherwise i would run in the wrong direction mm. so it's often pushing you down to the bottle because you're like wake up a little bit you're mm. going the wrong way yeah so failure is the best thing and people here mm. Many women we meet are like 20, 21, 22 and are building big organizations and are TV hosts. And that is because I think they've been through so much. They grow up up so much faster because they've had the failures. Mm. And if you never have failures, you just... Mediocre. I think you just go with the... not the flow, because the flow is beautiful. <laughs> you never maybe question if there are, if this is your path you want to do, because it's just going, going. Mm. So risk is good, because risk is about letting go of the control. Uh, yeah. And when you let go of the control, what you ne- where you need to be or go mm. will catch you. Uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And like the women here, you said they have turned all their failures, not failures, but their histories into something beautiful, turn pain into power. I love that motto. Yeah. And it's Dennis, what's his name? Dennis Mukave. Your role model. My role model, <laughs> the doctor in Congo. That works with um, uh, women that that has been exposed to sexual violence in the war of Congo. Uh, he has that motto: "Turn pain into power," and I think that's a powerful thing. And yeah. if you're able to do that, turn your life around, there's nothing that can stop you. And all of these women that we have been interviewing have really succeeded, turn pain, turning pain into power. And now there's no limit. Exactly. And there's nothing to lose because they already seen the bottom <gasps> and they went from there. Mm. Yeah. And also the power of togetherness that we can help each other and together we're so much stronger, so much more powerful. These weeks that we have been doing the podcast, I really felt like people that we met have been so, they have been giving us so much feedback on this project that we're doing something good for them, we're, we're doing we're creating a platform for them to use and they have been lifting us in our project yeah. uh, because they've been giving us so much great feedback 
And we came here because we wanted to help empowering women. Mm -hmm. But I think both of us feel like we became empowered. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have, we have had so many great experiences from meeting these women that has been saying to us, you are doing great. You, this is so much needed, what you're doing, and we would like to help. I will take that with me and treat other women the way that women here have been treating me. So every woman that I meet in the future, I will be like, how can I help you? What can we do for each other? What you're doing is great. Continue. Continue do what you do because it's amazing. I will be here if you need me. Yeah. Yeah. And also to just understand that we all are experiencing different journeys. Because mm. sometimes it could be hard to understand why people don't take actions on stuff that you feel would be best for them. Now I realize, for example... In a few hours, we're going to this kitchen party. And it's not that liberating that it sounds. It's the course of how you become a woman here. Um, A.K.A. how you treat and pleasure pleasure your husband. Mm. So it's a dance of how, how you pleasure him. And also just an education on how you're under him. So what I mean is that if a woman here say to me that like Eliza, the woman with the future kid Mm, mm. we met her like the first days here. she stood there in the kitchen with the fire cooking and her four girls standing there and then this young four year old future kid Mm. and she said to me and us I named him future because our whole future depends on him and he will provide for his sisters mm. and you remember me being almost offended yeah i was like questioning back to her like what about your girls why don't you say that they are the future and now i realize of course she thinks that because that's what she's been educated about of course she thinks that it's not her it's not like she's got all the options in education in the world and still thinks that And I realized that we are not exposed to the same stories. We're not exposed to the same education. But also, I think that's also what I'm passionate about. Mm. The whole thing that I'm really standing for is that we need to spread information and knowledge. Mm. Because when we do, our perspectives is getting wider. Mm. And when our perspectives is growing, Mm. we understand each other more. We yeah. also understand ourselves more. Mm. And we are, when we understand ourselves and others, we understand the world. Mm. And when we do, we become more compassionate. And a compassionate world is a more peaceful world. Mm. So my struggle or my, my fight or more, not fight, more my purpose mm. is to just widen people's perspectives. Ah, uh, yeah. It's important to know your purpose, I think, because that's a good question. What do you think is my purpose? I should think about that. Yeah, what's your purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? And what do you know today that you didn't know before? Ah, I always felt like my purpose is to do something bigger, something greater, and that I I think my purpose is to influence people, but also receiving influence. Like you said the other day, both receiving and giving at the same time. And I think that should be, like, every human's purpose. (laughs) 
okay, an expression in the face is not capturing the microphone, but I was literally just low Dropping your jaw oh, into the table. No. It was um, so good. That's ev- that should be everyone's purpose. Yeah, I think so. That's why we're put here on this earth to learn from each other and to to connect with each other, to interact with each other and grow together. That's so beautiful and that involves nature. Yeah. Because sometimes it feels like that we are put here, that the planet is for us, oh. that we exist that, that the nature and animals exist for us. Mm. It's not like that. No. I don't believe that. We exist together. We are part of the ecosystem. And now we are taking and taking and taking mm. without giving. Yeah. And that's why we have the climate strike, the climate change. Mm. Um, but if we are receiving, it's okay to take. We should take. Mm. But then we should also give. Yeah. To other people, also to the nature. Mm. If everyone could just live to receive and give simultaneously. Yeah. That was beautiful, Bia. <laughs> and I think, what what do I know now that I didn't know before? When I came here, now I realize that we're all connected even though we're we're living in different parts of the world, experience different things, I think that we're all connected. And I really felt that connection to other people here at this journey. And That have made me feel more present in my own life. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. The power of togetherness. The power of just do it. The power of that dreams are valid. The power of dream big. I don't know, there's so much that I've learned and that I'm going to put in my heart forever. <laughs> yeah. What what do you know now that you didn't know before? I think I got exposed to different perspectives that opened up. That's what I think is so cool with perspectives and knowledge because it's like your brain it's um, like a sponge sucking. No? Yeah, maybe. Or a glass, maybe. Mm. And the more you fill it up with information and people and connectiveness, yeah. the more you can pour. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. But also, what I mean is that I think the more information you get, the more you can connect the dots. Because sometimes I've maybe heard something, but I was not ready to hear it. So it mm. was almost like toothpaste commercial mm. when it's just going away from the tooth, mm. the information. Yeah. So it's like I didn't understand it, even though I've heard it. The more I get information, the more I can connect the dots and the more I can understand things. Yeah. So the more information and perspectives and the more things I see... It's like I see clearer each time. So it's like I put on lenses mm. and I see stuff that I've always been watching. Mm. I see the same world that I've been seeing. But it's like I see it on an, with another filter. Yeah. And it's not like I have the final filter. I just realize, oh, I have so many filters to take away, yeah. to see... And that just makes me even more excited about life, people. I'm like, I need to go to Middle East. Mm. I need to understand the women there. Mm. I need to understand men. I need to under. I need to see more connectiveness and receiving, giving the thing. That thing. I need to yeah. understand that more. Mm. Um, so I'm just realized that life is beautiful, and I'm just so thankful that I am able to go around and. Um, explore like this yeah 
and that life is a constant learning and that you're never you're never done there's so much more yeah that you can learn so much more that you can see and so many more filters like you said yeah and what's nice is that we both have realized that this would probably not be 10 episodes and then it's done like we realized that this is the first season season one of empower with sisters there's so much stories that need that needs to be spoken that needs to be out there and that's our purpose perhaps yeah to provide that platform for women to be able to speak their mind yeah that's beautiful <laughs> I know it's Steve Jobs that said it first but it's more fun to say that it was Nogosta Shungo because she said it in a podcast that storytellers are the visionaries they tell the next generation how the society will look like. Yeah. And that's exactly what you just said. Mm. We and other people are giving voice to people that are change makers. Mm. And even though it sometimes feels like it's far away, it can happen because if we visualize and tell the story of how it should be, it will be like that. Mm. So that's cool. The voice of change. Yeah. And I also want to say my quote from my favorite person, Albert Einstein. Ah. Imagination is more important than knowledge. And because, of course, knowledge is everything. We, we talked about knowledge and how that will broaden your perspectives, mm. of course. Mm. But this is about dreaming. Because if we only see what we see now we will maybe not live when we have an equal society. Mm. But I think it's more important to imagine stuff than knowledge. And it's more important to see where we want to be in the world and what we want to achieve, to see that before seeing exactly how it would happen, because that is knowledge. Yeah. So that's ima imagination is always more important because then you can dream bigger than what you have mm. in front of you. Mm. And I think that's important for women in rural villages we've met here mm. that don't see much opportunities for themselves. Mm. That, is, that is because they, of course, see what they have right now. Mm. See and imagine what they want to do and keep that light and take action on that light mm. whenever opportunities arise every imagination will become a reality. Yeah, and you need imagination. I mean, there's no need for knowledge if you don't have any imagination. Because what, what are you supposed to do with that knowledge? You have to have imagination in order to take it to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. So... Thank you, Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we should claim that quote. He's dead anyway. <laughs> okay, so yesterday we had a wrap-up party. Yeah. We invited the women that are in the podcast mm -hmm. and some um, people in the media and just different people here that will help us for the common cause. Mm. It was just beautiful to stand out with you because then we realized, yeah, the production days are over. But this is just a start. Yeah. So we said it was a wrap-up celebration and a kickoff mm. party. Yeah, because that's what it felt like. We finished these two weeks of the project. But it has become so much bigger than we ever thought. And I think that it was some of the women in the, in the podcast that said, you have created a movement. That's how I feel. This is a movement. We want to create so much more than this. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't even know. I mean, we will just put it out there. Mm. And the universe meet us there. Show us the way. Yeah. Mm. So this is the end of Empower with Sisters, season one. Thank you for 
listening and being part of it. Mm. Share it with all your friends, men and women. Yeah. And connect the dots for yourself. And don't forget to receive and to give. And all dreams are valid. Our perspectives are always limited by how much we know. So how do we choose the information we are receiving? And do we really understand it? What is influencing us? And who are we letting in to speak to our hearts? Visit withsisters.org to act with us to empower locally and inspire globally. This podcast is brought to you by With Hoof, a house to host great ideas, stories and people.